there's no way out I've got to show them what I've become and There's no doubt Got my back to the wall and I'm still hanging on There's no way out I've made my choices where I belong and There's no doubt When the road gets up I keep my head strong Troubles in my life have been all the same With a strain in my mind getting hurt again There's a pain in my heart but it's just a game Gotta get over it, won't go insane Won't achieve anything while I'm down Don't wanna give out my heavyweighted frown I'm stopping this now, I'ma turn it around Heaven's on the ground, now I'm looking at the clouds Gonna make a change like a change, bigger getting changed Gonna stay the same with my mind frame rearranged Gonna watch the blue out my mind and my eyes Was I blind in my mind? Cause that was old times Cause I'm starting fresh with a clear vision You can even spell my name in optimism Just track the M's and I and the P And then what you're left with is me There's no way out I've got to show what I've become There's no doubt Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to tonight's episode of the Zod Rider Show. I am Zod Rider, and with me, of course, is my co-host, as always, Victoria. How are you, Victoria? Hello, I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm doing great, and, you know, we're both doing great tonight because we have our very special guest right right <clears throat> now at the very top of the show. We were able to get, we were able to get her to join us. Legendary actress Lisa Wilcox, welcome to the Zod Rider Show. How are you? I'm great. How are you? you well, you guys already said you're doing fantastic, <laughs> so here we go. Oh, yeah, there we go. Start starting off starting off the show right. You know, I mean, it's fantastic to have you have you on the yes, show. Thank you definitely. very much for 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 joining us tonight. Well, thank you for inviting me. I guess, I guess my my first my first question for you is, I, and I and this is this is gonna sound a little weird as the first question of the show. But <laughs> I I, I want to get into this because I have oh so many I'm que- used to it no problem. <laughs> I, I have so many questions for you about you know your career and various things that you've been doing, but I guess the first question I want to ask you is, what are some of your current projects and things that are, you are working on right now? as we speak yes well as we speak um i just went to the uh, cast and crew screening of a short film called the quiet room and i play a psychiatric caseworker in the hospital and it was actually a great part to play it's not a part that i've ever played before i mean i've played from like you know i don't know nuns to prostitutes right but i've never played <laughs> i've never and kick-ass you know karate girl but never played something like really real down to earth you know no makeup just like a, a a person you know um who's trying to help these kids in this um hospital so that was really awesome you'll be hearing more about that and then um i did another project called the watcher of park avenue which is um, eh, more of a, I pair very 
New Yorker, you know, quirky kind of character. Again, another opportunity to play a role I've never played before because I've just gotten back to acting full time um, middle of last year or so and into this year. So it's been a really interesting adventure. Um, I have another few films, full length feature films, the Red Hollow. It's called in also The Possessed, which mm-hmm. is a full-length feature, which will be filmed in New Orleans for about six weeks. And yeah, so and I've gotten back into commercials. So I haven't done commercials since I was like in the 80s, you know? Oh wow. Yeah. So hopefully you all saw me on the Pro Flowers Mother's Day commercial, which they played like crazy on all kinds of networks. So they made me the older mom that I'm like pale as paste. I was like horrified because I'm like, I don't look that old, but it's amazing what makeup can do. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I just booked a little Caesars commercial and then just did a ca- campaign, another commercial campaign for a big brand that I can't talk about yet. And I just got back from a six day shoot for that. So, so that's a little bit of what's going on. Also my YouTube channel um, where I revisit locations where we filmed Nightmare on Elm Street 4. And uh, my boyfriend took me to Cafe de la Ronde in Culver City, which was the West Crave Inn in Nightmare 4. The location's still there. The restaurant name has changed. But um, I have n- I've put out about four episodes so far, but have lists and lists of more episodes that are going to happen. So you opened a really big open question, and I just gave you a really big long answer. <laughs> well, no, well, that's, that, a, well, that's, that's great. Incredible. I mean, the more, you know, that's that's a lot. And you know what? What's great about that is the more you talk, the better it is because people want to yes. hear you; they don't want to hear us. So, exactly. so it's, <laughs> no. Well, thank so, you for that question because you know when I thought about it, I went, "Oh my gosh, there's so much." Oh, oh, wait, there's another one. Oh my gosh. The Man Who Loved Women, full-length feature, and um, the funds are there to make the movie, but we are doing an Indiegogo project. You'll have to go to, like, my website to, like, click the links and stuff uh, to is see. That Lisa, is that LisaWilcox.com? LisaWilcox.biz is what it is oh, now. LisaWilcox.biz. And there is LisaEWilcox.com was out there, but um, I won't yeah, go into details, but... One. That's no Lisa Wilcox.biz, right? How easy is that, right? Yes. Um, but there you can see my current projects and autograph shows I'm doing, where I'm traveling, and projects I'm working on. But The Man Who Loved Women is based on a Francis Truffaut movie from the 1970s, French, and it's a remake, basically, of that film. And I'm so excited to play the character of Margot. So I'm working on my French accent. I'm an I'm a French citizen, but have lived in America, Malibu, California, for a period of time. So it's it's a I have three scenes, and I'm actually going to be nude in one of the scenes. Oh wow! <laughs> I just turned fifty three years old. It's like really, really at fifty three. I've now finally been asked to be nude. <laughs> But it's like, I mean, wait a minute, was... though. You were semi, you were semi nude in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Five, weren't you? Like, you're very, very good. But I had a body double. It was not me. It was ah. not me. 
Body oh, double. Well, yeah, Th- thanks so, for ruining that yeah. one. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. okay. So, one of the three scenes, it's going to, you know, I'm sure it's going to be beautiful and lovely, but yeah, I'm like, well, the kids have grown up. They don't care, whatever, you know. So, um, that's, you know. That's amazing. I think that's amazing because I think, like, it's age is just a number and you're seeing so much more of it in this day and age where it's, it's still like, you know, it's like, you, you go above a certain age and as a woman, you're not, you're not relevant anymore. That's ridiculous. I'm sorry. Like the women, like you're absolutely stunning and there's no well, reason. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Victoria. I appreciate that. But as you do get older, things change, your skin changes and gravity has affected things and this and that, but it really doesn't matter. It's um, a, a essential, very essential part of the role this film, The Man Who Loved Women, is, um, oh my gosh, it's 2017. It's about sex. It's about uh, relationships. And it's about the mistakes you make and the mistakes you had hoped you didn't make. It's really, and my character is kind of like the sage. I'm the older woman with this younger guy who's just falling in love with women all over the place. And I'm like the one who says, hey, Fine. You love her smile. You love her eyes. That's all you have to say. You don't say you love her, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, there's so much more to loving a human being and especially Absolutely. someone. Yeah. So I'm really excited about this film. So, um, yeah, you guys can't wait. I start my first scene. I film in, um, middle of June. Um, yeah, so there you go. I'm leaving for Germany next week for um, the Munich Comic Con, German Comic Con. That will be with Robert England next week. So, okay, sorry, I'm ready for more questions. I'm just a waterfall. I'm a waterfall of information. <laughs> when was the last time? You, yeah, when, when was the last time you actually got together with Robert before Comic Con coming up? Oh, just um, like a month ago at Monster Palooza in Pasadena, California. Oh, so you do you do do quite a few shows with him still? Like, I mean, I mean, I've I think that's where Zod and I first saw you was the Nightmare on Elm Street. So it's oh. uh, it's such an iconic role. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you. But no, Robert England and Heather Langenkamp and Amanda Wiss and Tuesday Night and Andres Jones and Ken Sagos and. I mean, on and on, you know, Toy Newkirk, we're like family, you know, it's a very interesting phenomenon because, you know, I, I grew, I learned, you know, I did theater plays, many, many productions, many TV shows, soap operas, all this and that. And generally you work together for a period of time, whether it's a, a week or 10 weeks or whatever. And honestly, you never maintain friendships. You just don't. But with mm-hmm. Nightmare on Elm Street 4 and Nightmare 5, we are, like, so trim. We're, like, friends. I mean, I would donate my kidney for any of them, you know? It's, like, oh, wow. we really are seriously friends. I mean, we see each other on a regular basis. Tuesday night and I had a business together, Tobrights, for, like, eight years, you know? So it was something just very... um let's put it this way, really good casting as far as, <laughs> you know, the lifeline that would continue through for 30 years, you know? Yes. So, 
I feel incredibly well, grateful. And, I, and, I, and I, you know, I, I can I can say this coming from me. You know, your two Elm Street movies are my favorites of the series, anyway. And I think the reason for that oh, is because oh, you no, and I think that. the reason for that is because <laughs> you guys are, are you guys are you guys do seem the most realistic in terms of the group of the core group of friends and the friendships that existed throughout and the, you know, and the family ties too, that existed throughout those two films. So, and it shows in the, in the characters and stuff that you guys all just got on really well. So it it makes sense that you would be able to maintain your friendships throughout the years. That's, that's pretty awesome. Well, you know what? Thank you so much for saying that, 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 that it was um, revealed on film that there was this intrinsic friendship with these people, you know, these friends and we, we were cast as friends and have maintained it. It's just very interesting. This whole world. <laughs> it just is. But I, I think also what helps is it's, it's like for myself anyway, I, my, um, I have a 12 year old boy and yeah. slowly but surely, I mean, we haven't gotten to Nightmare yet, but he will <laughs> definitely watch them. Um, but it's, it's, I think it's just it, this generation of parents, like what they grew up with, like in the, you know, the 80s and, and 90s. And it's like, you know, I want to share this with my child, you know, and, and yeah. I, I think that's why it keeps it going. Because, mm. you know, I mean you know my obviously my my son I put him through Star Wars I put him through all kinds of stuff so so but yeah I can't wait to show him because I am a big horror fan I can't wait to show him the Nightmare on Elm Street I just can't wait oh well you know you know we have to look at too like you know it's the 80s you know and it was pretty calm horror you know it really is especially now in 2017 oh my gosh um and um, Nightmare on Elm Street to me is always been like you didn't see a bunch of girls being cut and you know boobs running around TNA stuff you know yeah. like they were very smart films and the deaths if you look at it are quite fascinating you know um, they were always bent on that person's fear you know yes. which yeah. is maybe why Nightmare on Elm Street became so kind of iconic cuz it wasn't a very it was an intelligent horror film let me yes. put it that way perhaps yeah it was definitely not just a slasher yeah there was a lot of right. a lot of of depth to it and it, it was very it is it, i think when something psychologically can scare you versus just i mean anyone can slash and bash and whatever, but like when it psychologically gets to you, because I think as well is a lot of the fears they touched on is a, a lot of fears that a lot of us have. Right. So you, you you definitely could relate to the death. And like, like Debbie's death in nightmare four, she's scared of insects. She's a big, tough girl, you know, skinny, buff, but you know, her fear is insects. What does she die of? Her fear of insects of insects you know um sheila has asthma and that's her biggest fear of dying from asthma she dies from asthma it's like the things that we carry with us that we have were born with or just have fear and it could be a fear that doesn't even really get over it god damn it get over that fear you know you don't have to die from it mm-hmm. so there are many layers i believe to the deaths when i look at it you know over the years to really look at it as a person, you know, like what are you afraid of? Really, you're gonna you're gonna die of, you know, fear of insects or spiders or whatever. No, get over your fear. Get over it. Get strong. 
Well, Grab some nunchucks and kick your ass off and kill Freddy Krueger. <laughs> I, I have to say, I did die a little when my uh, ex-husband jumped on a chair when he saw a mouse. I was just like, really? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just a little bit. I died inside that day. I think that was the end of it. It's but, like, you know, <laughs> one therapy, he's had, he's one therapy session, one therapy session, he'll be over his fear of mouse, mice or whatever. Like, it's like, deal with it. Like, deal with your fears. My, my irrational fear is flying. And it's just, it makes no sense. It's safer than cars. But every time I get on a plane, I think I'm going to go down. You know, it's just, I think we all have them. And they're, that's the, I think that was the key. That, like, they're all irrational. Because, you can, you know, like normally you wouldn't die from bugs. There's very few people who right. die from bugs. Right. But, you exactly. Know, that's what I loved about it. Because you're just like, oh, my gosh. How did they think of that? <laughs> but you got on the plane. and you, But you got on a plane. And oh. you dealt with your nervousness, and that's okay. But you actually got on a plane, it sounds oh, like. Yes. Oh, yeah, yes. I, I will definitely always get on a plane. It's just, but every time I get on it, I, my, my anxiety goes oh, through. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, that's but I won't nice. let it stop me. You know, I mean, I think that's the biggest difference is you should never let it stop you. Like, and you know. it didn't stop you. You walked the walk. You got on the damn plane. Okay, fine. <laughs> you had some anxiety. What the fuck? Excuse me. Can I... Uh, sorry. That's fine. <laughs> <Take> that out. <laughs> gonna t- <laughs> Yay, <late>. Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Uh, so, what would you say out of you know? Because you've done so many TV shows. What was your favorite uh, out of all the shows you've done? That you know, if it, even if it was just one episode, or even if you were a return, returning character, what was what was your favorite one? Do you have one, oh. or is that? I do. No, it's a great question. Thank you. Um, I have, well, okay. All right. I will say playing Carol Brady and Florence Henderson in a film by Fox. Um, It was um, back in the day they were doing behind the scenes of really popular shows like the Brady Bunch, Silver Spoon, etc. And I can't tell you it was amazing to play her because, I mean, I grew up watching the reruns of Brady Bunch. I love Brady Bunch. We all know Marsha, 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 you know, the lines from that. So to play her as Carol Brady and also play her as a person, Florence Henderson, was really amazing because it was like behind the scenes, behind the scenes. Um, that was really fun. And, you know, my homework to study for that role was, gee, watch Brady Bunch <laughs> episodes. <laughs> Gee, bummer! Oh my god, it was amazing. <clears throat> and so how the, many? So how many episodes did you watch in preparation for that role? Oh my gosh, I watched whatever they sent me from Fox. I watched all of them all weekend, and it was great. It, it's a funny thing because um, that audition was actually. I got the audition and they sent me down to Santa Monica and they're like, Oh no, you're supposed to be in Burbank. I'm like, really? And my agent was like, Oh no. And then the next day, okay. went to Burbank auditioned. I was the last person they'd cast everybody else except for Carol Brady, Florence Henderson. Right. <clears throat> so it's five o'clock. I audition. I'm in the right place. You know, I did it. And <laughs> I'm literally driving home back home from the audition and my manager calls me and he's like, I don't know what you did in that room, but you just booked the job. And oh they had been looking, they've been looking like forever for the right person to play her. And I do look uh, actually a lot like her, but I also in the audition had to kind of do, you know, 
lines of hers and kind of emulate her voice. Anyway, it all worked out to a good thing. And then the second one, I'm taking some time here, <laughs> would be have to be Walker, Texas Ranger. I did a role called, uh, the episode is called Saving Grace. And I play a nun. And my brother and I were brother, sister, but we were separated at a very early age. And he became basically the opposite of a nun. He's like a criminal. But it was a Christmas episode, a December episode for Walker, Texas Ranger, and um, really beautiful, touching story. So there you go. Wow. That's awesome. I remember that show, Walker, Texas Ranger. I, I liked it. But the Brady Bunch, the Brady Bunch movie that you're talking about, I, I think I know. I think I know which one you're talking about. And I can honestly say I did not know that that was you playing Florence Henderson. But oh, okay, yeah, that's makes cool. Sense no. Now. Yeah. no, no, they put out. <laughs> it was the um, more towards. I, I would look more like her in the later episodes where she had the shorter hair. So they right. put a that had long hair, but they just used my longer hair on the ends and then I had a wig at top. And then of course the beauty mark, right? Mm-hmm. And um and they had the whole Brady Bunch set. I'm like, I'm walking on set. I'm like, oh, oh my wow. Lord. I'm like on the Brady Bunch set and I'm like playing Carol Brady. I'm like, oh my God, it's crazy. <laughs> it was amazing. You know, the stairs, the kitchen you know, the orange kitchen and all the kids and they did some amazing casting, like looked very much like the characters from the original Brady Bunch and stuff. And, and it was fun to do the date scene with Greg because there was always this, um, you know, that, you know, Greg was in love with Carol and she's the older woman and, you know, this whole thing. So anyway, they did that scene. It was written in the script and we did that date scene as it were. So, oh, and Star Very Trek. Nice. How can I? Oh, of course, Star Trek. How, how can you forget Star Trek? So, <laughs> I mean, you guys bring up TV and stuff. It's like, oh my gosh, there's just so many memories I have and things that were so cool. I mean, Star Trek Next Generation was amazing. I did one episode, but actually ended up on the Star Trek Next Generation Monopoly board. Okay, I'm a oh. property on the Monopoly board. They produced, because Monopoly did this. They created Monopoly boards per certain TV shows, and one of which was um, Next Gen. And, uh, yeah, I ended up uh, as a property. I'm not the most expensive, and I'm not the cheapest either. Thank you very (laughs) much. I'm, like, in the St. James Place area. I'm known as the assassin. Um, So, Anyway, <laughs> okay. Did you ever? Did you ever actually have people over and just pull the board out and just say, "Let's play"? Hmm. Well, <laughs> I, <laughs> I have two grown sons now, but yes, we would play Monopoly on the next gen Monopoly board, and they're like, "Look, I landed on mom." <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, and they've done so- trading cards with my character too, and um, those are available. They're around, so now wait you know, a minute. You just, Do you have you know, your own action figure? I wish. I <laughs> oh, wish on. the Star Trek, the Star Trek one alone should have got you an action figure. Very, I very know. Good. You know, I'm so working on that man um, for Nightmare on Elm Street two because Heather doesn't have an action figure. Um, Amanda Wiss, who's Freddy's first kill in Nightmare one, does not have an action figure. 
Alice Johnson, the character I played, does not have an action figure. And I've already got it like, oh, yeah, it's going to be Alice and then little mini nunchucks, right, you know, in right, the package. exactly. So we're, we're working on it. That to happen. That's a, well, because, you know, they'll release the – it'll be the retro, retro action figure pack, and they can have all, they can have <laughs> all of you. They can have you, Rick, Sheila, everybody all in yeah. one like, bo- little box set kind of a thing. It'll be cool. I'm liking how you think. I like oh, how yeah. you think. And there's a lot of actually demand for that, and I think it will do um, amazing. Next year, 2018, will be the 30-year uh, anniversary of Nightmare 4. 1988 to 2018. So we're working on it. So hopefully Whoa. we'll have something out for everybody. That'll be wonderful. Now I I have to ask about Nightmare on Elm Street Four. Is there has there was there a was there a director's cut of that movie, or did everything that was supposed to be in it end up in the version that we see? Well, you know that's a very interesting question. I never saw a director's cut the director of course is Rennie Harlan, Rennie Harlan who went yeah. out yeah who went on to do some major films and um it, but no I've never saw a director's cut I have no idea if it's even available or what or whatnot so well, but no, did you, no there's did not you, one available but but did you do a lot of scenes that you know didn't end up in the final cut like were there things that you were like they didn't put that in you know no no, no, there's not. Um, there's one scene. It could have been from Nightmare 4 or 5. I'm not sure. But it's where my character, I walk down to the kitchen, open the refrigerator, and blood spurts out. And I'm wearing a white nightgown. And it's just covered in blood. And I don't remember if it was from Nightmare 4 or 5. But that scene did not make make the cut but yeah, i will tell you it could have been either one yeah and i want to say well i don't know but i'm just going to tell you right now <laughs> whether you're you know it's special effects and it's just like fake blood on a white nightgown and you're wearing it <laughs> it's pretty freaking freaky it's like carry 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 all over the place <laughs> yeah it's pretty weird that's probably the only scene which didn't make either of the movies but that was like wow to see yourself covered in blood in a white nightgown pretty freaky pretty freaky yeah i can imagine yeah, yeah. Wow, I'm I'm actually surprised. So that must mean that pretty much everything that you guys shot and must have ended up in the movie then. That's pretty yes, cool. it did. Yeah, it did. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> At least with my character. I don't know what happened with the other characters, the other actors, and what scenes they filmed that didn't make the film. I don't know. I'm only speaking on behalf of mm-hmm. my experience. <laughs> <laughs> how, how many times did you did you have to do the pizza scene with Freddy in the from Nightmare Four before <laughs> they got it right? Was that just no! was that just a, a one time thing, or did they do it multiple times? Was it? Was, oh, oh no! Um, Beekler, who did the special effects with the pizza, he I mean it was electronic, it was down, it was good. I don't know. We did two takes, maybe. No, it was awesome. no. That was easy. Easy, easy, because, um, you know, all the special effects guys were just like, they knew their business. Like, they had it down. No, it was it was good. Cool. 
Wow. Like like I I keep I keep thinking that like like there's there's some some hidden story in there about that movie, but to me, being four being my favorite one of the whole of the whole series, I, I think it just had that it had that MTV generation flair to it back then, and it just felt so you know it felt like it matched with the time so well, and it holds up wonderfully today, I think, you know, as a like a almost like a like a music video turned into a movie while keeping all of these great eighties horror elements still No, I love what you're saying. No, I love what you're saying and I totally agree. I mean it was Nightmare Four was actually could be considered a date movie. It wasn't so terrifying, you know, and dark and grisly and bloody that you couldn't take a date to it, right? Right. I mean, how right. often do you see a horror film with Freddy Krueger on a beach, bright light, putting on, donning some sunglasses, right? I mean, how that is that a horror film? It was. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? That scene in the beach. Oh, yeah. it worked. Donning on worked. the sunglasses, you know, and um, and yet it was still scary enough, but not so terrifying. That you couldn't comfort your girlfriend after you watched the movie. <laughs> oh well, yeah, and then and then and then coupling that with the fact that your character was such a badass too, and just evolves throughout the film to the point where uh, by the by the end of four, it's just like it's just like you're a superhero. So so like they woman rules. The woman, right. the girl rules. She rules. We're good. We're safe in the world. <laughs> there you go. I mean, I I just I. You know, I. It's funny when you 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 mentioned it being an appropriate date movie. I, I completely agree because I had actually uh, had gone on a date with someone to see the the remake that came out. You know, a few years mm-hmm. back of Nightmare, Nightmare on Elm Street, and it was and the, it was the, just, the original. Yeah. yeah, it was a remake of the original, and it was just, and it was just it was just crazy. I kind of regretted <laughs> it, but. Oh, <laughs> but you, you know, know but... no, I get it. I was invited to the uh, at, at, on Hollywood Boulevard at the Grauman Theater premiere. You know, the biggest theater where you do a premiere, the Chinese Theater, as it was known before. And uh, I went and I watched, and it was a remake of Nightmare, the original Nightmare on Elm Street. And uh, yeah, it was very interesting. To me, as an actor, what was interesting is they kind of combined the Heather Langenkamp, who played Nancy, right? Mm-hmm. And then they combined Alice Johnson, the role I played in Nightmare 4 and 5, together. Because we're, she's a waitress in Nightmare 1, the remake. It's like, right. no, Heather Langenkamp didn't work. She didn't work in she a cafe. She was a high school student. She didn't she, work yeah. at all. No, yeah. but they com- made her a work a working in a restaurant, which was the Alice Johnson later on, who right. they, you know I became the much later, you know whatever heroine or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. I was very interesting, and I also felt like they didn't take advantage of more special effects and stuff like that. Um, they could have. I will say in the remake, I thought the scene in Nancy's bedroom with the snow falling in it was really pretty, really interesting. I would have liked to see more of that. But in the end, you just can't replace Robert England, no matter how brilliant of an actor you 
are. You just can't replace. Yeah, yeah. yeah did, I agree. Yeah, and, and the actor that played it in the remake, I mean, he's amazing. He has an amazing resume, but, um, yeah, it's kind of hard to replace Robert Englund. He, he probably, yeah. and, I, and I have to think that he was he probably struggled with it, too, you know, when you're taking over an, uh, an iconic role like that from someone like Robert England. I mean, it's... It, it, it it must have been impossible to follow it up, and he and it looked and it looked in the movie like he did the best he could with the material. So I don't, I you know I kind of look at it like you could picture Robert England being Freddie forever, and he always will be. There's nobody that will replace him. So it's it, it yeah. doesn't matter how many you know remakes they they <clears throat> try to come out with or how many new actors they try to get to replace him, but it's just. Well, well what? Yeah, it's true. It's very true. I I actually got a chance to see him at um, the Toronto Comic Con. I'm in I'm in Toronto, Canada, and it's not Comic Con here though. Uh, but uh, you know, he actually talked about that they were trying to get him. Uh, they wanted to actually make uh, a prequel, but he felt he was too old already to do it, which I thought would have been amazing to actually show, you know, Freddy Krueger alive and how he went down the path he did I, I was very I thought that would have been really they exciting tried, they tried to do that in that in that short-lived TV show that they had around the time Nightmare 4 came out which was yeah called, it was called Freddy's Nightmares it was a TV show yes did, that's right they actually did the origin where they had a young Freddy Krueger and they showed how the how the families gathered together and burned down the building he was staying in you know, and they had all this. They did that, and it, it, it worked. But like on a TV, on like a TV budgeted stuff, it obviously looked kind, looked cheesy and stuff. But yeah, it would it would always be nice to see if they could, you know, go back and do something like that, especially with nowadays with prequels being so so popular. But you know, like like you said, no one can play that role besides him. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. They could try, but <laughs> they, yeah, it's and, like they've tried. And you know and, what? They can try, and, you know, um, Jackie Earl Haley is an amazing actor, and I think the casting, if to do a remake of the original Nightmare on Elm Street, they couldn't have gone wrong with mm. Jackie Earl Haley, and it's not his fault. It's oh, not no. casting's fault. It's nothing, and it was worth a good Boy Scout try, right? And I think what is been determined, and in the past determined, is that Robert England created that character with his heart and soul and he just can't be replaced. And, you know, there was a time when, um, you know, the first Nightmare on Elm Street was made back in the early eighties. Um, they tried to replace him in, I want to say Nightmare 2, Nightmare 2. And they did some filming with another actor and they went, oh my gosh, this is not going to work. Because, you know, as a film company, you know, if you rehire an actor, you got to pay more money to bring him yeah. back, right? Well, that's what they were doing. But they went, oh my gosh, this is never going to work. We need Robert England back. So they negotiated. And I think they had done two weeks of filming on Nightmare 2. And then they had to let the other actor go and they brought Robert on for of course eternity, you know, mm -hmm. with the series. And it's an interesting thing too, because I know, you know, there's other horror films that I adore. I love Halloween. I, so, so many, 
And they have been able to replace the actor, well, because they had a mask on, right? Mm-hmm. Right. They didn't show exactly. the face of, right? Like Friday the 13th, etc. And, and, the, and most of those characters don't speak either. That's another And they don't even too, speak. So, yes. Right. So yeah. you're... You don't have none of that, and you know you you wouldn't have, you know people would know if you get a if you get another actor to play like a wisecracking Freddy. So it's you know the voice was different. You would notice, you know. Well, um, mm-hmm. Yes, plus his timing and everything else. I think that yeah. yeah, it's just not, you know. I bet they are kicking themselves that they didn't go with a mask at the beginning. But you know, <laughs> I'm very I'm very happy exactly. they did. <laughs> Exactly. They thought they were going with a mask, which is a very heavy duty prosthetic, as you know, and I'm sure you've seen all the shows about the four hours it took for him to have the prosthetics done on his face. But it's still his face. It's still his body movement. And it's still his Mm -hmm. voice. And it just could never be replaced. But now you see, you know, 30 years later, you know, 35 years later, original nightmare, Robert England is who he is. And he definitely made an impact <laughs> big time yeah absolutely i i i have to say like you're he just it's so awesome just hearing you talk about all this stuff i mean being such a huge fan of it and everything and what was your favorite scene in nightmare on elm street 4 of yours <laughs> oh wow um, with your with your char- with your character, and then and then and then, what's your favorite scene in the in the whole movie? All right. Oh, so I get to answer. I, I get to two. I get two. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. You get two. My favorite scene that I did as an actress, um, playing Alice, is in the diner, and Debbie is hitting on Dan, who eventually becomes. My boy, my boyfriend, you know, and I'm in this diner and she's like too late. It's my shift now. And yet I have my eye on Danny, even though I'm pathetically wallflower, forget it, you know, but I have my eye on him and I'm holding a water glass and I'm, I'm rolling the water glass in my hand as I'm walking through the diner behind the cashier the cash, you know, and I'm literally thinking of fondling him <laughs> and want him to be mine. Okay. I've never told anybody that that it was, it was going through my actor brain as Alice. I want him. I want him naked. <laughs> that is so, so, that is so that cool. Wow. Is, so now when you look at that scene and I'm holding a water glass, now you can think of what Alice is thinking about regarding Dan. Okay. So actor wise, that was one of my favorite scenes. Um, as far as the rest, I would say, you know, the church scene with Robert England, we did a lot of um, bumping around and the fight scene and the nunchucks and all of that, and the real intent to kill him, and kicking his glove when he's disappeared, okay? The souls have left his body, right? Very intense scene, all the little puppet things coming out of his chest, and then they all go into the church window that's been broken, and they're all released, and then when I kick his glove and say, rest in hell, 
I love that scene too. That's that's mm. an awesome scene. Um, and now I guess I, so. Now I guess I have to ask the same question for uh, <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street Five, since your character was allowed to continue beyond the fourth film, which which actually surprised me too, because mm-hmm. normally because a lot of times they don't always bring you know the cast back for future films. So it was kind of nice to see some a carryover with uh, five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it. What I want to say is that Nightmare Four, and we didn't even get to talk about the music, which, like you said, is like totally like the music was amazing. Oh, I had some questions Four. about the music, but I was going to wait and ask you about those next. <laughs> <laughs> and I still hear that music on my radio, on my you know, you know, the favorite rock star station. All those that music still plays. It was an amazing um, MTV time period, mm. which you had brought up, which we can talk about. And um, that was just it, 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 Robert is called Nightmare 4, the MTV version of Nightmare on Elm Street 4, you know, which I agree with. But I also mm. think it was more. But anyway, um, Nightmare 5 is such an incredible 180-degree turn from Nightmare 4. 5 is very dark. It's shot very dark. We deal with the, oh my gosh, subject matters during that time. Now we're in 1989 from 1988. Abortion, um, alcoholism, bulimia, uh, um, teen pregnancy. I mean, oh my gosh, Nightmare 5 was like Okay, you had a really fun time with Nightmare 4. That's great. <laughs> MTV time. Now we're going to just go to like some guts, you know, social, you know, social subjects. So, it was uh, yeah. Uh so, yeah, I'm leading that film and I accept the bravery of the topics that were brought up in Nightmare 5. But it was definitely not a date movie. <laughs> no, okay? no, not at all. Yeah. Especially yeah. if you weren't sure on the uh, the dates views, <laughs> it could get you get you definitely <laughs> in trouble. Yeah, right. So, honey, uh, yeah, I, I mean, seriously, I mean, it was a very serious film yeah. that I feel like just kind of crashed with way too much on subjects that are pertinent at that time in 1989 and before 1989 and after 1989 but it was like just this bludgeon you know of topics that i just described you know it was a little Mm -hmm. much it was just a little much and it's like hmm i think you put too much on alice's platter to like solve all these issues and it it you know but i will say for nightmare five i think the um production value is amazing Stephen Hopkins directed it, and he actually did and wrote all the storyboards. He was very much into the space that we're working in and all of the sets that were built, and he's brilliant at that. Um, so, yeah, totally different film. I was in two completely <laughs> different films. <laughs> I did my best. <laughs> well, well, how I did, mean, how that's did... What, that's... 
Okay, go go ahead, Victoria. Oh no, I was going to ask was you know after going through, you know like like you said like the MTV you know uh, Nightmare on Elm Street four and then and then the seriousness of five. How did did you prepare differently for the same character? I mean, she's she's in a different place, obviously. You know, obviously what she went through and four is going to affect her and five. But did you? How did you? When you read the script, did you go, "Oh my gosh, like I'm going to have to." <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is going to be a no. different movie. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a really good question because Nightmare 4 is that Alice is someone who is a wallflower and she has amazing friends around her. But what happens in Nightmare 4, of course, is she starts to take on the personalities and the strengths of her friends. She also takes on the not good so parts of her friends. For instance, um, when Kristen dies, she, you know, Kristen sends me her power so I can bring people into my dreams to help fight Freddy Krueger. But I also took on smoking. Okay. (laughs) I know smoking in the bathroom, you know, like I took on all of her positives and negatives of her as a person. Right. So what I had to do in my script, because as you can imagine, when we film, we don't film in order. Right. So I wrote in my script who had died, how many, you know, toys died by now, Brooke has died, whatever. And what strengths do I have from or weaknesses do I have from each of those characters, friends? Right. So my mm-hmm. script was very thorough in Nightmare 4. So in Nightmare 5, I'm now just me with all of that. So it was really about just, you know, knowing the lines and what uh, subject matter are we contesting today? Oh, we're contesting parents adopting my child and teen pregnancy and this and that. So it was a completely different experience. I hope I explained it as you mm-hmm. can understand. Yes. Yeah, yeah, totally. I think, I think that, I think that the, the greatest aspect of the Alice Johnson character is the is just the way that she evolves through not through you know all of Nightmare Four, but then throughout Nightmare Five too, her evolution continues, you know, till till the end of that film. And I was definitely hoping that your character had returned in any future films that they might have done uh, beyond Nightmare Five, especially especially after seeing the next film that they did after the fifth one. <laughs> So I, yeah. I, I was like, well, they might as well have just continued with the storyline that they had going. So, I, yeah. well, it could have become a box office thing. Like Nightmare Four made like fifty million dollars at the box office. It was like a top-ranking box office number that was for weeks, and then Nightmare Five made fifteen thousand dollars at the box office. So that tells you how much a story can do to the box office mm. and what people want oh, to yeah. see. Yeah. Yeah, so they base it perhaps on numbers or like, oh, Lisa just isn't as accountable as we thought she would be. But that's what's a bummer is that, no, um, I'm still acting. I'm still doing my thing. It was the story. Perhaps just wasn't as appealing for people to come see the movie, you know? And, and of course, Alice Johnson lives on. Alice Johnson lives on in the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street comic books that they had. The I've been hearing that. Yeah, that I, they, I've yeah. heard that. 
Yeah, no, which is great. I, I don't know. In some comic books, I die and then come back, or I never die, or I don't know. There's, some, there's one comic book where you're almost like you're almost like a like a force ghost or like an angel ghost of some sort, where you come really? back. Really? Oh my gosh! Yeah, like it's really, I love it's it. Really cool. Like they do, they do all sorts of things. But yeah, they're they're conflicting comic book stories depending on what what publisher uh, did it at the mm-hmm. time. I guess it was. Well, I'm happy to hear that the story of Alice Johnson didn't end, and it went into comic books. That's um, that's fantastic, and uh, you know, I agree. You know, that, you know what did happen to Alice Johnson and her son Jacob, for that matter. You know, and um, who knows? Maybe they'll uh, do a reprise and not do a remake of one, but create a new one with me at my age, doing Alice Johnson. Where did Alice Johnson end up? That would be interesting. Yeah, that would be definitely. Would be. I mean, they and it could and it could happen too. I mean, remember they brought you know, they brought uh, Nancy back for the for the third uh, yeah Elm Street film. So it oh yeah oh Dream Warriors love Dream Warriors yeah. and they brought her back for more as, as herself in Nightmare yep. Six Seven whatever yep. yeah absolutely it could be done but that's a long time ago. It would be very interesting if they could, like, 2018, bring back Alice Johnson and not a remake, a real Nightmare on Elm Street mm-hmm. film with an that, end. That would, that would mean that they would have to bring back Robert England as well. They would have to do it. It would have to be in the old in the old continuity. So they would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, he might do it. I'm going to be seeing him next week in Munich, Germany for the... Uh, Munich, Germany, Comic Con. So uh, you know, I just might have to. <laughs> well, Put a bug in his ear. <laughs> we're friends. We're friends. We hang out. You know, when we do this. So yes, I will put a bug in his ear. No, this has been a great interview. Thank you for, um, you know, as you said. Yeah, put a bug in his ear. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a gra- sounds like a great idea. Um, now. now uh, Victoria, did you have any uh, more any more questions for uh, Lisa here? Or? Well, I'm just uh, I just want to hear. Actually, I want to go sort of a bit backward, if that's okay. I just want to hear a little more about um, sort of the more current stuff you're you're doing, like the, you know, like the possessed exactly. Like it, now that's done. How did you find it on set with that, and how was? No, no, it's not done. No, oh, it's, it's been pushed and pushed and pushed, and now it's supposed to be. July, August. Um, oh, so, so you're not, not done filming? No, 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 oh, no, no. Okay. No, no, no. What's done filming is uh, the Watcher of Park Avenue, filmed in New York, with Amanda West as well. She's Freddy's first kill. Amanda West, who she has a whole other resume of stuff, amazing stuff she's done. Um, and then a project I did called The Quiet Room, that's completed. And and then I've got all these commercials out. You know, it's just bizarre. I like I'm just like, well, I should do commercials again too, back into this acting thing. And so I got to do um the Pro Flowers and and uh, Little Caesars. Um but I have other projects that will be filmed, which is the Possessed, Red Hollow, Mystery Spot, and The Man Who Loves Women. Okay. That one I'm totally the man who loved 
the man who loves women. Oh my god, it's such a great <laughs> and it's a full length feature. You know, shorts are fun. They're nice. They're great, but full length features are what it's all about. Yeah. So. No, I look anyway. forward to seeing it though. I, 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 I actually saw. I never saw the original. I did see the one. I think there was a remake of it in the eighties. There was with Burt Reynolds. Yes, with Burt Reynolds. That's it. I was trying to yep. think of it. <laughs> yep, there was. You got it, girl. <laughs> but okay, so you're not starting the possessed. Okay, so it's pre-production, not post-production. I might have read that wrong. Correct. Um, Correct. And did you mention there's something uh, post-production called the Church? Well, actually, that and Bill Mosley, and I filmed that in Philadelphia. Oh my gosh, three years ago. Oh wow! And it's just taken some time for them to, you know, do the special effects that were needed and this and that. So I'm really hoping that will come out this year, 2017. I'm hearing it will. That is a full-length feature film. And Bill Mosley, oh my gosh, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he's, you know, his resume, his films are, you know, prolific. Um, so, yeah, so that is still on the horizon, but it has not been officially released yet. So oh, we'll see. Oh. Yeah. But I'm, I'm busy. And, you know, it's, as far as, you know, autograph shows and it's interesting now at this time in my life that there's um, generations now that stand at like that autograph show, got my table, we all have our table and like three generations worth of followers with the Nightmare on Elm Street series or horror films or Star Trek in general, you know? So all I can say is I'm really grateful. It's the gift that keeps on giving and I love to give to it <laughs> well I just I just yeah I'm looking at like the things that you've you've shared with us it's just like you you must be going 24 7 I mean do you, do you actually get any downtime right now or is it just <laughs> really work you know or yeah, how, how many uh, how many hours of sleep do you get every, every night <laughs> six <laughs> that's, six okay. hours that's not bad that's not bad okay <laughs> not bad I, that's, that's more than I thought but- Believe me, it's a pleasure because, again, I did leave acting for a long time. The church I did in between, I had a corporate job. I did in between, I took vacation days to go film in Philadelphia for the church, you know, this and that. But last year, I made a commitment, no more business, no, just do acting, just do acting full time. So, you know, it's folks like you that I really appreciate to reach out to me and, um, Thank you for, you know, you're helping to to promote that, hey, Lisa Wilcox is back. And I'm very proud to say I came up with a concept with regarding Alice Johnson, um, which is a pin, really nice pin, Alice lives because Alice still lives. And that's kind of my, uh, my motto, <laughs> you know, my <laughs> that motto. That is awesome. That is that is so cool. I, until, I, they looking, until they kill you off. Until they kill me off. Until they yeah, kill you true. off. Until they kill you off on film. You're you're always alive. It's fair game. Darn right. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that is awesome. Yeah. So, what was I had? I had another question here, but it escapes me now. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's see. Have you ever done any um, voiceovers for any animated films? Uh, 
no, I haven't. I haven't. Um, my friend Mark Hamill, um, we did a movie. <laughs> no, we we did a film, and it, it was a uh, based on a Kunst novel. And uh, he's a voiceover magic guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I did audition once for something years ago, and I was. But no, I have not. But I'm working on that because it's interesting getting back into the business um, about voice work, print work as a model again, you know, in my 50s. But there's print work out there. There's voiceover work out there. And it's basically about creating a reel, you know, have a voiceover reel, have a print model reel. I'm already working on that because I booked some cool stuff with commercials. Um, So in the future, my darling, in my future, yes, I will say yes. But at the time, no. Okay, I had just wondered because I I seen something and I don't I don't remember exactly what it was, but I heard a heard a voice and it was an animated thing I watched not too long ago, and the voice sounded kind of like you. So I wondered <laughs> if maybe it was something you did and you just weren't. Uh, it was just like uncredited or something. Oh, oh wait, oh my gosh! I think I know what you're talking <laughs> about. Oh my gosh! I did do a voiceover on a film. <laughs> That um oh my gosh, but I can't recall the name of it. Um, shoot. Well, you'll have to get back to me on that. We'll have to do another interview. Yeah, yeah. We'll well, I'll get. We'll get. We'll get you back. We'll get you back when your next movie comes out, and by then we'll have found out what that what that voiceover was. Well, if I had my resume in front of me, I would probably could tell you exactly the name of that movie, but I can't recall it right now. But yes, I did do a voiceover on a film. And it was with an amazing actress. Okay, the actress from The Birds. Hello. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh. See? Okay. We, we can't tape. We can't share this, but we will have to get back to it. Yes. Um, I, uh... <laughs> wait, hold on. Hold on. I want to tell you. Tippi Hedren. Oh wow! Okay. Tippy Hedren did do. I did a voiceover on, uh, and she did too on a film. We did. We did do a voiceover on it, and um, I'd have to look up my resume on IMDb to tell you which one it is. What? This is terrible. No, it's not terrible. Hold on. Oh, you're, you're trying to pull. You're trying to pull it up, Victoria. Because I. Yeah, I was trying to. Pe- I was trying to. Pe- <laughs> We're frantic- <laughs> frantically trying to pin it down. I geeked to I'm so sorry. Yeah, but it, it it um, no, it's here. It's here. I know it's here. Photos. Well, obviously, we're going to cut this out of the radio. For, all, for those, for <laughs> those, for, now, well, for those listening, no, for those listening, they can follow. They can follow us. Follow us by looking at Lisa Wilcox IMDb. <laughs> the hunt yes. is on. The hunt is it. on. <laughs> oh dang it! I'm determined to find this girl. And if and if anybody out there listening has any has any questions and would like to. Um, like to chime in on this on this wonderful conversation we're having you can call in here at area code 786-245-8127 again that's area code 786-245-8127 if you have any questions for the legendary something horrible lisa wilcox 
Something yes. horrible. There you go. Yes, there it is. Something horrible. Oh my gosh, so and they were amazing. And really. Tippy and I have the same agent. And okay, that's just a whole other story. But um, yeah. Oh my gosh, they're pretty lovely. All right. Well, I guess we're live, aren't we? Yes, we are. But that's that's oh, okay. That we this are. has been great. Is, I can't right. believe you recognize her voice. Uh, yeah, Joseph. yeah, I did. I did. Yeah, I, how I, do I knew. you do that? I knew because see, <laughs> see, I, I that's why I thought I'm like that's why I was like I got it. I remembered I have to ask Lisa about voiceovers, but I was just I just couldn't remember something horrible. Yes, something horrible. Yes, I do the intro and the whole thing, and oh my gosh, they're amazing, and I need to become much better prepared when I do these radio interviews. <laughs> well, talk oh, about you dealing with, with super fans like ourselves. No, no. You guys are adorable. It's great. And you know what? Hit me up, you know, in a few months, and, you know, we'll do another, and I'll have more to share. <laughs> okay. Okay, well, well, yeah. I mean, if you've if you've got to go now, we won't we won't keep you. But but we're definitely we're definitely we've definitely enjoyed having you here on the show. Yes, with it's us. been so wonderful. Thank you very much for joining us. This has been fantastic. It has been a blast, absolutely. And you know, keep doing what you're doing. You know, I so support. You know, do what you love. Do what you love. Keep going. Keep going. You know, it pays off. Thank you, thank you yes, very thank you much. Yes, thank you so much. And and you know what? With that, we're gonna we're gonna take a break. And when we come back, we will be back with more of the Zod Rider Show. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to PSN-Radio.com, and we've had we've had our special guest here, Lisa Wilcox from the Nightmare on Elm Street four and five. We will be right back. Put your
back on tonight's episode of the Zod Rider Show. Um, you know, Victoria and I were just kind of geeking out at the first hour of the show. because Just a little. Uh, oh, just a little bit. I mean, I, I was totally tongue-tied tonight, which I usually am not, but it was just exciting to be in the presence of such a, uh, a horror icon legend like Lisa, Lisa yes. Wilcox. Once again, it was just so wonderful of her to be on the show tonight to be able to spend the entire first hour of the show with us that was that was more that you know that was more than I could have ever have asked for. I'm always so excited when we can get when we get guests and they can they can spare at least an hour, sometimes 2 hours, it, it, you know it doesn't matter whatever whatever you're able to give that's awesome. Yeah, so, no, she and she was very very sweet. Like what an what a nice person and I just I really enjoyed some of the stuff like I mean I, I I mean I geeked out even more when uh, she said she actually played like uh, in the Brady Bunch, like I didn't even oh, know yeah, that. I think, like, I, 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 you know that. what? I'm still trying to figure. I think that was the movie uh, from the point of view of. Uh, yeah, it's uh, called Greg, the un- Brady. Yeah, the, the unauthorized, unauthorized Brady, Brady Bunch: The up, Final Days. Growing up Brady or the unauthorized one of them. No, that's a different one. Going Growing up Brady was another one. It's a tell-all behind the scenes, but the actual unauthorized Brady Bunch, The Final Days, sounds so ominous. Uh, but yes, that was from Greg's, I think, perspective. But I, I actually will have to watch that again because I actually, I mean, I loved reruns of The Brady Bunch. It's like almost a guilty pleasure, so I'm excited to see her in that role. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. I, 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 I and I can swear, it. you know, and I could swear I've seen it, but I just can't remember it, you know, exactly right now. But I mean, I, I totally remember seeing her in so many different, so many different things, and a lot of the stuff she mentioned. You know, I was excited, and I, I, I still can't, I still can't believe I remembered the voiceover she did. I just couldn't remember the movie, and but I mean, I'm, so, I'm so glad you were able to find it because that was. That was something well, that I. That was a very, very impressive. That is us. Why I love doing shows with you because you, you are the one who, like, it's almost like you have an idemic, idemic memory because you do like you like you can tell me like the littlest details about all the people you you're a fan of, which very yeah, few people yeah. can do anybody, that. Yeah. You know? Anybody, anybody that I get on this show, that I at least people that I try to get on this show, are people that I know that I I'm going to know a lot about. I'm going to have a connection with in some way, and I'm going to try to uh, try to bring that, you know, t- to the full span. But I, I mean, I couldn't help but be a little tongue-tied tonight, just simply because it was just so awesome being, you know, in that spot yes and i know here. I mean, because she you know and she was so kind to us completely so we don't we definitely we're definitely you know in a good spot and i hope we can def most definitely bring her well, back again 
in the future. That'll be wonderful. I mean, anything in I yeah, anything she's in, I'd love to see. Like, I actually, I mean, of course, I am a big horror movie fan. So, like, I mean, right. I did gravi- gravitate towards the possessed, and I was so excited about it. I read it wrong because it does say it's actually in pre-production, not post-production. I, I think I've seen, and I, I, you know what, I think I've like, seen okay. something on her face, and I think I'd seen something on her Facebook page not too long ago about the possessed too. So I was kind of thinking that that was like. Her next major, major project. That was kind of my my viewpoint, but I wasn't uh, I wasn't exactly sure. But it definitely was was wonderful, you know, just just to be able to have a guest like that. And I did try to give people out there listening a chance to call in at the end there if they wanted to ask her questions. But I knew she she kind of had to go, so we were. I was trying to get it at the end there if they wanted to, but. You know, if you had any questions, you'll, I guess you'll just have to uh, call in the next time we have her yes, on the show. Yes, definitely. we'll definitely have her on again. But uh, I, you know, could just, try, you know, move, uh, switching topics, though, I, I wanted to mention that I had a chance to uh, see, a, see a movie over the weekend um, that was written and produced by the guest who was on our show the last time we did our live show. Oh, yes. Uh, Bay Logan, who has been on our, who's been on our show twice, and he and uh, his movie Lady Blood Fight has been released uh, digitally. It was released on uh, on the Voodoo platform here in the United States, and I, um, I, and I, you know, I purchased the film over the weekend, and I actually had a chance to sit down and watch it. It's a very, very well done film. Very well, very well written. It reminded me of like. It had a lot of elements of like Karate Kid mixed in with like a lot of like modern like kung fu type elements and stuff, and had a really nice, uh, very you know tight character driven story. I enjoyed it a lot. I highly recommend it out there to anybody that is a fan of of those types of martial arts uh, films to definitely check out Lady Blood Fight. Very good. Very yes, violent, I, I, very, very deep, very deep, and very thought-provoking, and and you could tell. I mean, well, I could tell, being you know such a huge fan of of Bay Logan, I could tell you know that that he wrote this movie, you know, just from uh, you know the way yeah, we, you could you tell know, the way we talked to him, you could totally tell. You could oh. see him in this movie. It's like, th- see, this is one of the reasons why I totally love this show that we do because you know you and I we you know get to geek out over these things and then when we see when we actually get to talk to the talk to the people that are involved in these projects and then we get to see like the new projects that they have coming out it's just so much fun and it never gets old so no it doesn't i i think it, it's uh it's just such a pleasure to talk to them and especially when they are so um down to earth and just actually very nice people like i can't think of a guest that actually rubbed me the wrong way, like on our no, show. Not like, really. Just everyone's was, so everyone's nice. Been, everyone's been so nice about about it since you know since we've been doing this show, and I, and I can't, you know, I I really I I really can't complain. I, I feel like I feel like I'm I'm lucky, you know, to to have 
to to be in this position to be able to do you know to be able to do the show and and like and, and like I've always said even if no matter what happens I just want to make sure that you know you and I continue doing the show together because <laughs> there are there have been times though where I've been where I've been really nervous that you were because of various things that you'd have going on that you would you were gonna like not want to do the show or couldn't do the show anymore and you know it, it just you're you're a very important component to the show, oh, and okay. as I and as I and as I show, as you pointed out tonight, you were a lot less tongue tied than I was because I had a lot of things <laughs> I had a lot of things I wanted to ask tonight, but I was just kind of well. I think that's you. Know, you, you had a bit of a excited. crush on her. <laughs> I mean, well, it was it was just oh, you know, it, was just a, it was just being it was just the excitement of being. Of of doing this, and you know how you know you and I we get when we get certain people we get surprised if we're able to get them, and then we get even more surprised if they actually were actually able to successfully get get through the show too. That's well, another you know, one of those it's things. True. You know, it's true. I mean, I mean, we're older, but I think if like you love someone when you were. Um... Uh, a young adult, let's put it that way. Uh, like, if I ever met Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails, I probably would be absolutely a mess. I probably wouldn't be able to speak. I'd probably be, I'd just like, uh, uh, oh, uh, uh, Trent. You know, like, I mean, it's just, it's just, like, you know, something from, from that, you know, age group, I think is just, you know, that's the way it goes. So I think you did very well. <laughs> I, I I think you did very well. I mean, you had so many you had so many great questions tonight, and you and I mean, you really you really had it going. And at that one that point, I was just like, "Do you have any other questions for Lisa there, Victoria?" Because I was just because I had just like thrown all my questions out the window because I was ready to like you know be like, "Wow, wow, this is this is going so well." And I especially love when when guests come on this show and they have a lot to say. And yes. that's that's one of the most that's one of the best things that can yes. happen when we do shows well, like this. Speaking of best shows, I just want to go back to Bay Logan for a second. What was your favorite part of his movie? Like, if you had uh, to pick a part, like what scene of really the movie, spoke of the movie that he of the movie that he, the movie movie that just yeah. came out? You mean uh, Lady Blood Fight? Yes, Lady Blood. Oh Fight. well, there's a there's a scene there's a scene at the very well, I'd say at the uh, somewhere close to the middle of the movie, where the martial arts master who's training Jane, the the, the main hero in the in the film, <coughs> is she br- she she brings this this bird who's that's apparently dead back to life with her with her with her tenderness and her uh, just her martial arts ability. She's able to basically breathe life back into this little bird it is such a such a very such a very powerful scene and it just really you know really captures everything about the the movie in general like you'll and when you see the scene you'll know exactly what i mean okay the one the one in the trailers and in the uh press release photos that we've seen um i really loved i fell in love with the picture and this is why I have to see the movie is the picture of 